You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. What's up, everybody? Episode 164 of the Pimp Crown Warhammer Podcast, and it is brought to you today by GameMat.eu for pre-painted terrain and beautiful neoprene mats. And uh, <laughs> 99% of all the mats for Shorehammer are GameMat.eu. There might be some other companies slipped in there, but it's pretty much all GameMat.eu. And also, who could forget my beautiful, sexy, succulent, glistening, erotic Patreon patrons? Every one of you, thank you so much. I truly appreciate it. Okay, what are we talking about tonight? We are talking about whether or not the Amazon Blood Bowl team from yesteryear holds up to today. The reason why we're talking about it, it is now a made-to-order, so just wanted to bring that up. We are also discussing a letter from Dorian, and Dorian asks uh, if they should make new modes of Warhammer 40k for different playstyles. So, that's what we discussed there. And... We also have a discussion about, is Games Workshop actively trying to get out of the miniatures game? Now, that is a loaded question. Obviously, there's more to it. We'll get to it in that segment. But it's a very interesting thought experiment. Also, I um, I got to play with an old friend recently. And um, his name is Bobby. I met him at Shorehammer and all that. I've known him for several years. And we play probably once a year. And... I played my new Necrons. Uh, well, I say new, but I mean that they're my Necrons that I've only played once prior to that, I think, or twice prior to that. And um, he said, hey, I got a tournament coming up. I want to play against you, and I want to play my tournament list. And I'm like, okay. And he said, I'm playing Orcs. I said, okay, I'm playing Necrons, and that was that. Well, I was not prepared at all for what he took. He took 12 um, buggies. Uh, most of them were the ones that don't need line of sight and they chuck stuff. And then I think you had one unit of like the, the jet looking buggies that just shoot a lot. And, um, I had nothing for anti-tank. Like I just didn't, I had two annihilation barges. I had lich guard. I had immortals. I had flayed ones. I had a bunch of anti-infantry stuff. And had he taken like a typical orc list, then it would have been fine. But yeah. I I was completely tabled. Actually, did he table me? I don't think he actually did table me. I had a couple more models left on the board, but he was shooting everything out of line of sight so he could completely hide everything from... And now, this is tournament play, so I mean, you know, all is fair in Love and War, I guess. But it was a nasty list, so hopefully he does well in that tournament, but it was... It was... Ugh. I still, I still am sitting on a little donut in my chair so that it does not hurt when I sit down because I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to poop straight for a week. Um, it was okay. I mean, it was happy. I was happy to see him again. It was nice to hang out with him. The game was not all that fun, to be honest with you, because everything he had was hiding and pretty much everything he had could just shoot me without seeing me. And all of my stuff was anti-infantry. And everything he had was very little infantry. I think he had two five-man squad of Storm Boys and a unit of Gretchen. So that was that's what he took. And um, yeah, it was just it was probably the worst matchup. I actually would probably accidentally make a better list if you said 
try to make a list that is going to completely fail against this guy's all tank list. And I probably would accidentally make a better list than what I took. So, um, yeah, it was, it was not great. Um, he beat me 90 something to 40 something. Uh, I'll just say, I think it, I think it was 90 to 45, I think is what he beat me. Um, but it was just, oh my God, it was, it was a, a butthole tearing if I've ever had one. And, uh, the, what's that, what's that sound? Oh, that's anal tearing. That's what that is. Um, but anyway, it was still nice seeing Bobby and, uh, hopefully he does well in that tournament. What else is going on? You know, our buddy Grendel from the show in his, uh, kindness, his, his eternal and bottomless kindness he messaged me because, of course, I, I know him personally. It's more than just a listener to the show. I actually know him, and he comes to Shorehammer and all that. And um, he heard that I had to borrow my friend's Grey Knights Codex because I do not own it, and I wanted to play Grey Knights again. And he messaged me and said, oh, hey, um, he, he knows where I live. He's got my address. And he's like, hey, um, check your mail. And I'm like, okay. Well, you know, a week later, uh, I get in the mail. The Grey Knights Codex. This... This lovable gentleman <laughs> sent me the Grey Knights Codex, and I could not be more grateful. And matter of fact, that is um, spurring me to start painting some more Grey Knights. I have a chaplain I need to paint. I have a librarian to paint. Um, I've got some other, like, Strike Squad and sc stuff. Most of my stuff is painted, but there's a lot that isn't. And um, so now I can actually take a look at the book the way I'd like to, because I had to give my book back to my friend, obviously. And... Um, I'm I'm really happy that he did that. So thank you so much, Grendel. I greatly appreciate it. And um, uh, you you didn't have to do it clearly, but I am very grateful that you did. So I've actually been doing a deep dive into the Grey Knights now that I have the book and I can sit down and and read it and and all of that. So um, I'm very very excited to play it this week. Hopefully I uh, don't ruin it. Hopefully I don't blow it. And um, anyway, thank you so much, Grendel. I greatly appreciate it. It's super, super nice of you. And um, what else is going on? Well, actually, speaking of other nice people, um, my friend Matt did a full run through of the entire new supplement for brutality, gave me a bunch of fixes and errors and things that were messed up and all that. So we went through the other night and talked for two hours on the phone while he went through all 80 some pages of it and uh, told me all the things that I effed up on. And, um, so that's, that's super helpful too. Thank you so much, Matt. So I think that's about it. Let's get on with the next segment and let's get on with the show. Thanks for listening and stay sexy. Let's open the Tesseract mailbox. In this edition of the Tesseract mailbox, we have a letter at pimpcron with two P's at gmail.com from Dorian. He writes, Hello, Cronman. I am Dorian from Indiana, and I have been listening for about a year. Still haven't gotten around to the backlog from before my time, though. I often think that Games Workshop should make a simple version of Warhammer and an advanced version. The simple version would basically be 8th edition, and the advanced would be 9th edition. My friend and I were complaining about the piles of rules in 9th for each codex, and it sounds like you agree. We are debating on just ignoring the extra things and just playing with chapter tactics, warlord traits, and relics. Neither of us really liked stratagems to begin with, and we often forget to use them. Have you thought about doing something like this? We haven't tried it yet, but I don't see how it would change the game much. Anyway, I enjoy the show. 
Dorian. Well, Dorian, uh, thank you for writing in. I appreciate it. You can also reach me at facebook.com slash pimcron with one P. Um, I agree with you, Dorian, that I have also come across this idea and I don't personally have too much of an issue with stratagems, but I don't like the protocols and, um, I can't think of what else it's called. The thing the space Marines have the, uh, whatever it's called, the tactics, the doctrines, the devastator doctrines and all that. I find that to be the extra part that I don't really care much for, but I agree with you that, you know, you should make the game your own and you should play the way that you want to play. And if you and your friend don't mind not having some access to some of the stuff that's in the book, then who cares? Just go enjoy your game. The only issue, the only issue is that if you ever do play other people and naturally pretty much everybody plays with all of the rules i'm saying you know 99% of players do use doctrines and they do use the stratagems and all of that you may be at a disadvantage because you won't be using any of that or if you try to use it you're not going to be comfortable with it or you're not going to be well versed in it or whatever so you definitely could run into an issue there or if you go to a tournament because pretty much every single tournament out there uses the full rules for ninth edition. And I actually talked about doing something about that with um, just James. We never actually did either, but um, because we ultimately, it's kind of like I treated ninth edition as like taking out the trash, right? And games workshops like Pemcron take out ninth edition. And I'm like, Oh God. Okay. I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll do it later. I'm, I'm busy right now. I'm enjoying age of Sigmar. I'll, I'll, I'll take out ninth edition later games workshop. And it's like, okay. And then like, you know, a couple months later games works like you never did take out ninth edition. And I'm like, okay, I, I will do it. I just really don't feel like doing it. So just, you know, I'll, I'll get to it. Trust me. I will definitely get to it. And then like a year goes by and games workshop is like, you still haven't taken out the, still haven't taken out the ninth edition. And I'm like, oh my God. Okay, fine. I'll take out ninth edition. And then I did, and you know, it's all right. I was I was very uh, despite the very long metaphor here, I was very reluctant, and I still am not a huge fan of Ninth Edition, but it is growing on me, and I am liking it more the more I play with it. Now it's a lot to think about, and if you you didn't mention whether you have more than one army or not, but it makes it increasingly harder if you have more than one army because then you got to relearn the book every single time you play it. And by golly, there is a lot to learn. So that those are the issues, but there are a lot of people. And it sounds like you may be in the situation where you just have your regular friend or your couple friends or your gaming group, and you guys play however the heck you want and just make sure and join the game. Really? This game is not about the miniatures. It's not really about the game rules itself. It's about you and your friend chilling out, hanging out, having fun, being creative, doing whatever you want. So I am all for you trying that. Like I said, Just James and I never did get around to that, but at first that was something we were thinking about because neither one of us are a huge fan. Well, actually, stratagems don't bother me. James is not a huge fan of stratagems, but um, I just didn't like the protocols. But we end up using them anyway, and... uh, to be honest, I've been playing with the Necrons, and the Necron Protocols uh, didn't really do a whole lot. Uh, so, 
I'm in agreement with you that I don't think it's going to change the game a whole lot if you don't use stratagems and you don't use the uh, protocols or whatever. Um, I think you're still going to have tons of fun, and uh, I agree with you, to be honest. I think they should make a simpler version, and I think... I don't know if I'm just taking your idea or not, but I feel like I've said that before, but maybe I, I don't know, maybe I just dreamt it, or it's kind of like one of those things where somebody mentions something and you're like, oh yeah, I thought of that, but then you didn't actually. But uh, I do kind of feel like there should be a simpler version. I mean, you know, uh, Dorian, just going back to the world's best skirmish game, Brutality Skirmish War game, I actually have three modes of play in there, which is simple, intermediate, and advanced. And advanced has all the rules, but it tells you exactly what to play with. And you know what? It's funny uh, because I have like additional things like faction traits, which is basically a chapter ability, more or less. And um, that is only in the advanced rules. It's not in the other two. So, you know, just I'm just saying, if Games Workshop wanted to learn from the world's best gamers game, that's that's my, you know, just whatever. Might be what they want to do. Anyway, thank you, Dorian, for listening to me uh, platter on about this. Platter on? Rattle on. Rattle on. There you go. I don't know. <laughs> don't know what I'm talking about. Rattle on about this and go completely off topic. But thank you for writing in and thank you for listening for a year. I greatly appreciate it. Feel free to write me back anytime. Want that or want that not? This is Want That or Want That Not, and, you know, we usually cover things that are like the new hotness, the new stuff that's coming out, but one thing really caught my eye, and it is the old made-to-order, it's only for a limited time, the Blood Bowl Amazon team. And if you're not familiar with Blood Bowl, um, the Amazons, I don't know where they came from, because I don't recall them being part of any army, but the Amazon team was an all-female army, and... It is pretty boring. It's actually very boring. Matter of fact, it is very hard to differentiate all of the models in this entire warband. Or I say warband, it's a it's a team. It's $65 for 12 metal miniatures. And it's made to order. It's one of those things where they keep bringing the old models back for a short time. So you could have some old models made or cast or whatever. And don't get me wrong, I love a lot of these old Blood Bowl teams. I own several of them. The uh, the Undead team and the Orcs and the Humans, the Reichlin Raiders or whatever they're called. I own several of these teams and I really like them, even the Skaven ones. But these Amazons, I've never actually gotten a good look at them. And by golly, they're boring. They're just, the sculpts are awful and pretty much all of them. Now, these are old models. I get it. They're probably 20 years old. I totally get it. But... There are equally old models and teams that are made of metal and have so much interesting... I mean, they didn't have a lot of motion to them back then, but they had a lot of interesting poses, interesting style and all of that, and you could tell the people apart. Uh, This army is a bunch of women. They're in essentially bikinis, and they all have like a, a, a large skull for a helmet. And some of them have feathers. And basically that's it. They come in uh, (laughs) three versions is what they come in. I'm seeing three women that are posed to the left. And then I see six women 
posed facing forward. And then I see three women posed facing right. Wow. That is that is awesome. And every single one of them have the same stuff. They all have like a brass knuckles with a spike. Okay. They're all they all look the same. Like to be honest with you, I don't know they're they don't have different equipment. They're just in they're slightly facing different ways. I don't even know how you decipher which one is which on the board. Like you would have to really paint them different base colors or something. Obviously, you know, the the thrower is the one with the football, but everyone else looks like just nothing. It's just a just a random woman with a, a skull on her head. I, this is possibly the worst warband or uh, team that they made for Blood Bowl. And it's uh, $65 for uh, 12 of them. What does that translate to? Is that $5 each? Yeah, $5 each, five something a piece. And uh, absolutely, 100% not worth it. I absolutely would never want these models. I just, there's nothing appealing about them. I am actually a fan of old metal models. I actually like the old style and the old schemes and the old art and all of that. And the, and the certain charm they have being hand sculpted versus otherwise. And these are just garbage. There's, they're, they're just as bland as possible. So I am going to label this a football team of basic bitches and I am absolutely a want that not for these because they're garbage. I would have not wanted them when they were brand new, and I want them even less now. <laughs> was this just a really downer segment? I feel like it w- it was. But this is, like I said, I owned a several of these old teams, and I used to love them. My old undead ones with the ghouls and the um, mummies, and man, they had such cool sculpts, and these women are just boring. Let's go on the next segment. Now it's time for Real Talk with Pentcron. What's up, everybody? Real Talk with the Pentcron, and tonight I am discussing whether or not Games Workshop is actively trying to get out of the plastic miniatures industry. Now that, right by itself, sounds completely nuts, right? Because what are they? They're plastic miniatures company. So that would make sense that they would want to stay in that industry and keep making plastic crack for all of us. But I kind of did see a post recently. Somebody made a really good point, And I really don't know how I feel about it, to be honest with you. I guess only time will tell. But the gist of it was is that by supporting Warhammer Plus, you are actively killing the hobby because Games Workshop is moving towards a Marvel... MCU style contract or a multimedia contract and they are going to probably not stop producing the models but they will stop supporting it as much as they are if it were to ever take off and you know that's a really really interesting stance on this and if you look at Marvel right Marvel makes far 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 more money on movies and video games and licensing and all of the card games and the miniatures games and Crisis Protocol and all the, you know, X-Menopoly and all, oh my god, the, the amount of money that they make off of their licensing video games and movies is far, far more than they make on comic books, which of course is kind of ironic because it's where did all this material come from? 
where did it all get into the lexicon and into the um, the minds of everybody? Well, obviously, it's through comics. But comic books have really had a rough time as of late. And they've had a bunch of issues with, of course, supply and demand like all the different industries. But it's practically an every year thing that the total number of comics sold is slightly less, slightly less, slightly less. And that's just the way it is. And it's interesting because I don't personally think that Games Workshop is trying actively to get into multimedia and to licensing and all that in order to get out of miniatures. I think that's a little silly because even Marvel, with its literal billions of dollars it makes from the movies and whatnot, they still haven't gotten out of comic books. Now, comic books really are like a who cares sort of thing right now because, you know, they're owned by Disney and all that. And Disney truly does not care about the comic books, not in the very least. So it's just a very interesting take on this because there could theoretically come a time where Games Workshop, if they play their cards right and they worm their way into the zeitgeist of culture and all of that, and they they somewhat have, there's a lot of people that either play video games or tabletop games and you say Warhammer 40k and they go, oh yeah, I know vaguely what that is. So there is some awareness in the general population. Now, obviously that's with younger people, obviously that's with gamers, but it is slowly happening. And it does interest me to think that if they were successful in actually getting into the mainstream, would the miniature game actually become like a really, really unimportant thing, just like with Marvel and Marvel's comics? It's very interesting. So... If you'll just go with me for one minute, let's talk about the timeline of how this would happen. And it very well could happen. I'm not saying it's not gonna, but originally, Games Workshop made miniatures. They just made miniatures for D&D. They made miniatures for generic, like, whatever you want to do with them, RPGs and all that. Then, they, of course, came out with Warhammer. And they decided, you know what, let's make our own game with our own rules, and then we can sell miniatures. Then they came up to Warhammer 40k, Rogue Trader, and all of that. So originally, they were just model makers. Then they got into the whole IP thing with named characters and backstories and chapters and factions and all of this. Then when they had enough um, awareness with the, the population, they, and even though it wasn't nearly what it is now, but once they had enough awareness, they started branching out. Guess what? Oh, we had PlayStation 1 games for Warhammer. Um, I don't think there was any, any SNES, but there's PlayStation 1 games, PlayStation 2 games, and um, many computer games started coming out. And do you remember uh, Warhammer Online? Gosh, when was that? The mid, mid-90s? mid It was an MMO. And um, that was actually like a big name. It ultimately failed, of course, but it was a big name. And that right there is more brand awareness. So then time comes along, and they get bigger and bigger, and they become pretty much the the biggest miniatures gaming company there is. And now we're seeing in the last couple of years, we saw Warhammeropoly. We're seeing action figures being made of Warhammer. We've seen, of course, more video games made. There are a billion apps made for Warhammer 40k. And I mean, there's some Age of Sigmar, but uh, they've had board games. They've had uh, card games. They've had comic books. Yes, comic books. Now they're going into multimedia. So with Warhammer Plus and all of that, they're going to start having shows and movies and whatnot. And maybe, just maybe, one day, you could have a 
real full-blown movie for Warhammer. Probably 40k, because I believe that's better known than Age of Sigmar, and I believe it's more popular. And really, when you think about it, the only thing it would take is one popular movie. Let's say Games Workshop's version of Iron Man, what that did for the uh, Marvel Studios. Then all of a sudden, boom, a huge, huge thing could happen for Games Workshop. And then they're into the big movie-making business and all of that. And, you know, there's been many rumors in the past, and it hasn't happened yet, but there's been many rumors of Games Workshop being sold to a much larger holding company or, heck, maybe Disney or something like that. So, of course, that hasn't happened yet, but um, it's just an interesting thought experiment. And now, if you think if you think the Games Workshop is greedy now, like, oh, Games Workshop's only after profit, number one, of course they are, they're a corporation, and I'm, I'm no corporation hater necessarily, but I mean, that's, that's the whole purpose of a corporation, is to increase the value of their shares for their stockholders and produce dividends. So, a return on the investment, you should say. So, it's kind of redundant to even say, oh, it's just because of profits. Yes, of course it's profits. That's stupid to even say. Um, but, if you think Games Workshop is greedy... Wait until they get bought out by a larger company that wants to just milk it for all of the money that it's worth. And that is when the miniatures start going on the back burner and they're just not as important. And then all this marketing, all this multimedia, all this stuff is way, way bigger. I mean, we've talked for years as players, not Games Workshop. But getting like a Netflix series or getting an HBO series, like a Band of Brothers style Cadian Imperial Guard movie or something like that. I mean, that would be done right. That would be fantastic. Um, but it's just interesting to think of. Uh, but if they've got bought by a larger company, good God, that is when you pretty much lose the heart and soul of the game. And you say, oh, that's just silly, Pemcron. You're you're just way out there in left field. Well, am I, though? Am I? Am I, though? Am I? Am I, though? Am I, though? Okay, that's stupid. Listen, uh, actually, this is not out of left field at all, because... Heroclix did the exact same thing, and I know not all of you are familiar with Heroclix, but Heroclix, back when I originally was into it, right, um, back in the late 90s, I think it was around 2000 they came out, I think, like 99, 2000, something like that, when I first got into it, they were nowhere near what the constant grind and push out of product, often subpar, often crappy, often ill-advised or poorly written or with no care for balance is just throw that merchandise out the door and sell it. And they really had, I mean, it could be partially because of production, you know, ability and all that, but the characters had restraint. The models themselves, their rules had restraint. The power creep between like the Infinity Gauntlet, which uh, one of the, was the very first set, and... Infinity Time, and it's clobber in time. There's the first couple sets for DC and Marvel. Um, the power creep between them and now is absolutely ridiculous. And I'm going to forget who originally owned Wiz, uh, 
Heroclix, whether it was WizKids that originally owned Heroclix and it was purchased by NECA. I think that's what it is. N-E-C-A is NECA. And I believe that's the company that, uh, that bought WizKids. And, um, but then people could see a significant, significant difference in the quality of everything from the writing to the rules to whatever. And they were just cranking out stuff left and right. Whereas originally they would have a couple sets a year. I don't even know how many, like four or something. Now they have tons and tons of sets for Marvel and DC and all this other stuff. And it's because they get bought by a larger company. And that larger company just purely does not care about that product. What they want is they care about money. They spend a lot of money to purchase this company. So they definitely want a good return on their investment, which you can't blame them for. And then they want to just squeeze it. Just take those WizKids miniatures or those Games Workshop miniatures, put them in a blender, and just whir it around until the frothy gray plastic juice comes out of it. And then you will sell that to your customers. It doesn't matter whether it looks like anything it used to. It doesn't matter whether it's coherent. It does. It, no, just please consume. Please consume as hard and fast as you can. Don't don't regard your credit card limit or anything. Just please consume. Uh, suckle at the teat of capitalism. And that is way over top. I'm just being ridiculous here. But and I'm I'm not an anti-capitalist person. I'm just saying that. If you have complaints about Games Workshop now, if they get bought by a larger company, it will completely and forever change the game the way we know it. And if Games Workshop ever has a successful media thing, such as a movie or whatever, that is going to make them a prime, prime target for being purchased. All right, let's go back to Marvel. Marvel had a hit with Iron Man. Oh my God. Well, guess what? Disney's like, oh, look at that booty on that Marvel Studios. And then quickly after that, they buy them. And uh, so I just just wanted to bring this up. I thought it was interesting. I don't personally think Games Workshop is actively trying to get out of the miniatures game. But there may come a time when all of their other ventures that are based off of the IP of the miniatures game is actually much more lucrative than the actual thing that originated all of the IP, which is exactly what situation Marvel is in. And if they attract the attention of a larger company, they will be forever changed much for the worse. And that's what happened with Heroclix. So we have a precedence for both of these scenarios. And I just think it's interesting. So it's kind of one of those things where you want, you want Games Workshop to succeed so they will keep making miniatures, but if you like it the way it is now, or like it the way it usually has been, uh, you probably don't want it to truly succeed, as in like, wow, it went gangbusters, and now everybody knows what Warhammer 40k is, because then it's going to get gobbled up by a giant corporation, and then you get all the pasteurized BS that you get out of giant corporations. They take no risks, they have no character, it's all just pasteurized, just bleh, out the side of their blender. And But you know what? We still eat it up. <laughs> so anyway uh, i'm not trying to be i'm not trying to be a doom doomsayer or anything like that at all i'm not trying to be negative whatsoever i just thought this was a really neat experiment and uh i like where it went thank you for listening to the show and thank you to my beautiful sexy good smelling game mat dot eu that's right and thank you to my patreon patrons for pre-painted terrain and beautiful game mats oh wait a minute